0: everyone and welcome to a new Practice of Film Criticism podcast. Uh, today we're with Alex Santos-Edgar and the film that we will be discussing is Matthew Kosovic's uh, Lion uh, from 1995. So Alex why, why did you choose this film?
1: Um, so I, I um, had heard uh, about this film through, through a friend and he had said it had been particularly impactful for him um, and I was very interested in, in films that have sort of an impact uh, regardless of kind of uh, their stylistic qualities uh, so I decided to, to watch them uh, and I, I found the film to be very impactful the first time and I hadn't seen a film that kind of dealt with um, the topics of kind of police brutality and, and kind of this perpetual cycle of violence that seems to sort of be portrayed uh, towards sort of marginalized communities it kind of seemed to be from my understanding and, and my previous watching to have been kind of sidelined so mm-hmm. I liked that that was the focus of this film. Okay. Tell us the story a little bit for those of
0: you, you know, for those people who maybe are listening and haven't seen the film.
1: Um, so it tells the story of uh, Said, Vins, and Hubert, um, a, a Jew, an Arab, and a, a black man, uh, and across the tw- uh, twenty to twenty four hour period uh, in the banlieue, which is on the outskirts of Paris, uh, and as, as they go into Paris and then return at the end of the film, uh, and the film follows generally the the idea that uh, one of the uh, members of the banyo has um, uh, been arrested and put in a in a coma, um, and a police a firearm had been lost, so uh, it is recovered, and it basically follows that twenty four hour period uh, until the next day. Yeah,
0: so so the spark is police brutality of this young Arab uh, that um, is on the cusp of perhaps killing him right and that in a way is kind of where we begin yeah and uh where the story unfolds um what what themes do you do you uh uh detect in the film what are the main areas that it deals with
1: um so obviously as we've mentioned before you kind of have the the police brutality that is definitely uh mentioned throughout the film and even in the archival footage that's used in the beginning you have the this kind of idea of, of riot and protest and you kind of have this framing that this is potentially where the film uh, will be leading. Uh, and especially given the film's ending, you know, that, that I think there's, again, in relevance to that perpetual cycle of violence that I've mentioned before, there seems to be a sort of this cycle of, of protest and, and rebellion that kind of comes with the events that happen at the end. Um, I think it's also, uh, the the racial element is really important and the kind of idea of these characters as marginalised and not given the focus. Um, but, but again, I think... Um, Another important factor is this idea of, of the postcard Paris and of, of basically providing an alternative uh, and what seems to be a real um, portrayal of, of the outskirts of Paris and, and what it's like for these, these groups. Um, okay. Um, so there were certain
0: areas and things that you had picked out that you had wanted um, you know, to have a further discussion on. So, so what were they and what is your thinking around them?
1: Um, so I think one of the, the main uh, sort of clearly stylistic qualities that have been employed by Lahain is, is the use of uh, it's of monochromatic colour scheme and the kind of the black and white. Um, and I think it's, it's in- really interesting that it's been used in that way because it clearly kind of p- posits the whole film within this um, kind of... Um, that, that everything seems to kind of blur together the night and day the idea of the kind of the colour scheme of the what we'd imagine to be the, the, the sort of muted uh, colour scheme of the the banyos which the film is set in at the beginning of the film kind of seems to almost blend with Paris but at the same time the black and white colour palette kind of um, emphasizes the sort of the darks and the whites um, of the sort of the inside of, of buildings and outside and Um, Particularly, I think the the moment where the gun is brought out is is a key moment in in using that kind of colour palette to sort of emphasise the kind of darkness and almost kind of otherworldly quality of that firearm and its power and kind of menace. Mm.
0: Um, You know, my memory's not very good, but if I I think of the films made in black and white, um, you know, in the 80s up to um, Lion really only think of manhattan the woody allen film Mm -hmm. and also the elephant man uh, the david lynch film i'm sure there are others but they don't come easily to mind it it, it is quite exceptional yeah to see black and white Mm -hmm. um uh, uh in this period um and you know you had you asked people for their views on it and you know i think everybody was pretty unanimous in talking about how well it served um, the film mm. um, and I think particularly if you're looking at kind of filming Paris then you know and, and you want to avoid the postcard thing then making it in black and white is, is a good uh, option because I think even the quality of the light alone um, you know might make it look a lot prettier than uh, Kasowitz wants it to look yeah. um, and I think this idea that you have of melding the day and the night is also uh, you know a really good idea. Actually, you can see how it works in the film. Mm. Um, what were some other uh, issues that you picked out as kind of particularly interesting to yourself?
1: Um, I just think um, the fact that the kind of the film is is kind of steeped in American culture. I mean, pop culture but American pop culture specifically. Um And I find it quite quite interesting as well because th- even though the film seems to have quite a kind of anti authority um message it's some that 's kind of somewhat contrasted by its constant references to kind of American culture, which is all very capitalist and very kind of uh linked to that kind of um or well, linked to the idea of authority um but I think that that um like particularly the references to taxi Driver, is is, is a kind of rejection of everything um yeah. that has come and, and kind of if you think of the, the sort of character of Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver, um, you know, I think Vins particularly kind of seems to emulate that type of character who wants to take, who sees the world kind of burning per se around him and wants to kind of set order himself. Um, and the that, that gun that seems to be to me and the fact that he uses it and he shows everyone that he has this gun and he constantly mentions the gun. And that that is this kind of tool that he wants to use to kind of set this place and uh, the world in order as he sees it. Mm-hmm. Um
0: there's also a reference to Lethal Weapon mm. yeah. uh, and you know the Lethal Weapon films were so interesting because the Mel Gibson character was meant to be slightly deranged wasn't he I forget whether he was slightly deranged or whether he played deranged mm, I think he yeah. played deranged I yeah.
1: Yeah. was constantly drunk and...
0: yeah so, so you know I think that's interesting that those are the well they're the two references to preceding American cinema that I detected you know the other things were cartoons and macgyver and, yep. yeah yeah uh and i do think that the scarface thing is interesting i mean certainly that line the world is yours comes from scarface yeah though though, i thought it was also interesting the little nas kind of you know reference yeah i hadn't
1: picked up on that before yeah. but i think that's definitely an element i mean that album was very was very big from my understanding in america when in 1994 when it released so yeah
0: um so so, I think all of those are, are, are very interesting. Mm. Um, and I thought the film, one of the things that we don't, so we see a lot of cops in the film. Mm-hmm. We see um, people who are ethnically marked on the estate, ethnically or racially, yeah? So mm-hmm. people who are marked as Arabs or Jews or, you know, black. Um, we don't see kind of very, you know, what I suppose would be, um, uh, The majority of uh, you know, uh, uh, or our representation of someone, you know, who depicts the majority. Yeah, so Mm. we see very few, you know, uh, um, white, yeah, French. uh, uh, French is the wrong word. Yeah, but white French (laughs) people. Yeah, uh, yeah, because of course I don't want to give the impression that you know people who are Jewish or black or whatever are not French. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean, yeah. They're still has other, you know, to, yeah. to that, 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 yeah, so you, it, It's interesting that uh, the only people who are in the film that you see that are not minorities are the people in the art gallery. Or am I missing something? Are there others? Well, the
1: only other would be um, Asterix, Asterix. Ah, yes. Yeah, but he's a kind of, a bit, he seems to be sort of presented as a kind of this deranged sort of, Mentally unhinged character who does a lot of code. Yeah, you know, yes. so I think there's definitely the impactful one. Yeah,
0: like the film was a sociological phenomenon. I think you said something about the government. Yeah.
1: Um. From from my research, it, that I heard that the um the president sent, uh, of France at the time sent a personal uh, letter to Kasavets uh, commending the film, and then also uh, made a screening a requirement for all of his cabinet members to attend. Yes. Um. So. um
0: and I suppose the idea behind that is the perception that for most of the nation, that is a world that was new
1: to them. Or, yeah, that-, that was definitely the impression that I got from that as well, mm. yeah. But also, in in a different way of a reaction, um, when the film is screened at Cannes, um, the police, which normally escort the directors and, and the various filmmakers around the festival, they refused, the police escort refused um, Kassowitz in, in a kind of... Um, uh, Protest against the representation of police. Uh, yes, which is quite um, interesting.
0: Yes. So what do you what do you make of that? Because, you know, I think it's pretty unarguable that the representation of the police <laughs> is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all basically killer thugs. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Except for the one polite, per- yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, cop who works in <laughs> Central Paris. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. And I think the um Arab policeman as well. I can't remember what his name is, but he seems to be the one who helps in. Uh, Vince and Hubert back, uh, and Aaron gets to see that Saeed released from prison as well. Um, yeah. is angled towards that.
0: Yes, though you feel he's got an agenda.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And also, he said that he knew um, Saeed's brother, so there's yes. also the element of like prayer connections that led him to, to do that. Um, mm. Yeah. Um,
0: so, what are the issues? Are you, you know, you're going to be doing a video essay uh, uh, from this film mm-hmm. or on this film. Um, so, what what draws you to it? Why you know why why do you think the film is so powerful?
1: Um, I just think the um, the kind of it, it's very unflinching in its in its presentation of the issues. And I hadn't seen prior to this a film that kind of so head on. And granted, I think the representation of police is is framed to be particu- Almost, I mean, I'm not saying this isn't the reality of of what was going on at the time, but it's framed in such a way where you, you kind of almost can't um, uh, empathise with the police, and that you're entirely um, positioned to empathise with the characters, you know, Saeed, um, Vince and Huber. Um, but that presentation of what looked to me as the kind of truth, and also the the elements of realism that the, the film kind of seems to posit, and particularly the moment when um, Saeed uh, claps his hands and says the Eiffel Tower will turn on now, mm-hmm. and then uh, Huber says this will only this only happens in the movies. Mm-hmm. And then the camera remains on the Eiffel Tower as as the boys seem to walk off the the, the roof, and then the 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 um, Eiffel Tower lights do turn off. So there's this kind of blending between the two that almost tries to suggest that what's happening is real, um, and I think that element of realism and document. I wouldn't make the argument that there's a documentary kind of style to it, but the idea of the fact that the actors play themselves as well, because in the in the opening credits that they all they're named. That's their those are their real names. Um,
0: yeah, they are though. Hmm. Right, you can't take that too far. They're using the real names. Mm. But, you know, Vincent Cassel mm. is um, the son of Pierre Cassel, who was a very big star in French cinema. okay, see, I don't yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I think you can only take that. Up. No, no, of course, yeah. of
1: course. But it, for, in terms of it, if, in my the way that I had viewed it, obviously without understanding the context personally, that was my understanding of kind of it blending the, the reality between reality and and fiction And I just think that it's... And the fact that they have the um, archival footage at the beginning kind of sort of pushes it into into that kind of uh, the blowing the line slightly between realism and fiction. I think the film aims for that, right? Yeah, and definitely. The archival
0: footage is definitely part of that, mm. and the way the characters are named is part of that. Yeah, definitely. So. You know? um, and I think Bontemps Cassel is is uh, fantastic, right? It's mm. uh, it made him a star this film, and you mm. can really see why. So, you know, it's. Uh, it's credit to him that you thought, you know, that he was a council estate yeah. kid. Yeah, Um What do you take to be the film's set pieces? Yeah, and by that, I don't mean, you know, like an action shootout or anything. There could be that as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, those scenes that are really significant in the film and that stand out, yeah, uh, um, and that are, you know, are clearly punctuation marks in the film.
1: Um, so. I think... Um well, I I actually found well one of the there's I think there's several I mean definitely the end scene is is most clearly kind of a, a very important um, moment within the film but I think in the beginning and the the, the scenes almost go run into each other because they're one followed by the other but it's um, Vin's emulation of kind of the taxi driver character in the mirror seemed to, from the first time I watched it, to set up him as this kind of character that was going to exact his revenge. And the fact that it doesn't happen at the end is kind of an interesting flip on that because it's mm. the anger and the rage that he expresses in the, in the mirror. You get the sense that that's the person who wants to commit sort of these violent acts. Um, and then the second onto that scene that was really impactful was this destruction of Hubert's gym, because it's kind of like he's had everything taken from him. And I think that if you consider what, boxing as a kind of sport and in, in reference to other films um what boxing is this kind of channeling of anger and rage the fact that that's been destroyed by the very people who the fact that the people who destroyed the gym are supposed to be destroying the system but they're destroying the the, the things that people are trying to offer as alternatives to, to the actual violence mm-hmm. so i think that moment um of, of seeing that and Huber obviously punching the the bag is this kind of him having to let go of that and
0: I think if you're exploring it, this is, I, w- I would suggest that you explore this further because, mm. you know, the boxer's figure, and certainly the boxer in the boxing film, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're always like these ethnic and class parables, right? You know, um, like, it's, it's the only way out for, you know, people of ethnic minorities or, you know, an underclass to make it, Right. But in the process of making it, they sell their soul and they're corrupted and the mafia gets involved. Right. And it always has like these, uh, uh, um, uh, success and failure narratives where they become, you know, top of the world like Scarface, mm-hmm. but then they lose it all by the end. Yeah. yeah. Like raging bull. Yeah. You, definitely. Know, kind of, you know, so, so, so to even close off that possibility, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if the film is working symbolically, in that way mm-hmm. then it's really like to cut off you know one of the few avenues for working class men you know w- ethnic working class men yeah. to kind of uh, overcome their, their context
1: yeah exactly I think the film explicitly mentions that as well when um, the Arab policeman gets uh, the three the three boys out of, uh, gets Saeed out of prison and he says I can f- I can get you for funding for another gym and and Huber says um, you know they want to punch more than a punching bag so it's like this isn't enough anymore um And I think, I think that's a sort of a very, for me that was quite an impactful um, moment. Um, And and it kind of links as well into the idea of Hubert wanting to leave and potentially his gym was something that was keeping him here. And, and, you know, that being destroyed meant he was wanting to move on and to leave this place. And then the ending just kind of, again, that is another really important sort of set piece as you've Mm -hmm. said, that kind of brings him back and encourages him to kind of return to that cycle that he kind of trying to get out of in the first place.
0: I think it's worth speculating on who the hero of the film is. Mm. It's obviously about these three friends. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, if you posit different people as the hero, you get slightly different readings of the film. So, for example, if, uh, if Vince is the hero of the film, yeah, it kind of it ends with his death. Yeah, and what process of change, yeah, has he gone through? Mm-hmm if you posit Said, which I think the film begins with him doesn't it Yeah. and it ends with him mm-hmm. so what does that say because you know then that's obviously a lot about bearing witness and so on but if you posit the hero as Hubert mm-hmm. yeah so you know the smart kind of man who resists violence is always looking out for other people and then at the end can't stand it anymore and yeah then it, it kind of you know tough so the accent obviously the film is the same, yeah, but the accent is slightly different,
1: yeah, yeah definitely, and each of the characters I think like you said, like you said have kind of represented this different section within within the that trio of of, of friends you know and if you consider that, that Hugo is generally doing his best to sort of maintain a sort of pacifistic relationship in all of the situations and calming Vince down and pre- preventing this from happening I think it's the most significant if it, the fact that it was Hugo that is the one that we don't know, but we can assume that he, you know, pulled the trigger at the end after the film. Uh, the screen goes black, but that, that even him, as a person who doesn't want to be involved in this, ha- is brought in. is is I think very key. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't. I hadn't actually thought about. It. It's interesting when you think about who is the hero of the story because I, I was wondering that myself. I think your position generally as the audience to be it's kind of a sighted character it's kind of you're kind of watching everything as it unfolds because he doesn't really um. um He's not He's not as involved and as Hubert and Vince from from my from so to my. To me, that's
0: why he he can't be the hero. Mm. You know, I mean, he's a witness. Mm. Yeah, he's the one who watches the story. Yeah, you yeah. See a lot of it through his eyes, and through his position. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah? Um. But you know, when I was watching it, I was thinking, really, you know, it should be Vince. Yeah, but actually, I think it's Hubert, Mm-hmm. right? Because. He's the one who undergoes the big transformation at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, you could argue that Vincent does as well. Yeah, I think I He's going to kill, 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 and then he decides not to, and then ends up killed. Yeah. Right? But I think, you know, uh, taking a relatively calm, you know, what looks like a gentle, sensible person, Mm -hmm. and turning him into a killer at the end, we think, (laughs) is, yeah... Maybe, the, maybe, you know, maybe the, obviously the two things are part of the same story. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, and they cross each other, the yeah. narratives. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so part of being, you know, I suppose if questions of empathy or identification or things like that come in, then I would lean towards Hubert because it's very difficult to identify or empathize. With Vince, I think. Yeah,
1: I think as well. Uh, Because he just so heavily rejects everything, you know. mm -hmm. Anything with a badge is is a a pig, you know. The cops need to be killed. You know, he's very rude to everyone. He's rude to women. He's Mm -hmm. rude to bystanders. People who are trying to help everyone. Mm -hmm. He's rude to... He's a complete rejection of everything. So I think Mm -hmm. it's difficult to find anything
0: emotionally volatile you know constantly you know you look
1: you know even even in the in the gallery when you're not even talking to him he's, mm. you, who are you looking at you're looking at me you know mm. um, which I think is also really ironic and interesting because of the fact that he doesn't ever he can't ever bring himself to violence really mm. and he, I think he talks up a about oh you should have seen what i did to that that guy he's just kind of all the all talk because that's how he likes to view himself he wants to be viewed as that by others Mm. and i think as well that when saeed says uh, oh you got the gun now you're the you're the gangster on the block you know and the other and asterisk says oh you're a gangster that he that plays into this image that he wants to kind of present Mm. but that's that's not the reality Mm. i think and and potentially you could argue he even at the end realizes that that's not because i think that moment where he's verbally says to them, you think I don't have the... You know, I think I won't do it when uh, the skinhead's on the floor and he has the gun to his forehead. And that moment where he isn't actually able to do it and there's maybe a turning point in his own mind about maybe this isn't... I can't do this, you know? Mm.
0: Um, How would you characterise the film's style? Um,
1: hmm. I think... um, the film's style. I think the the set the setting is is a very important sort of element of it. That the, the kind of um, and and the community as well, it's particularly in the bungalows as well. A lot of the scenes are kind of they don't aren't really about anything particularly, but it's kind of they seem to know every everyone seems to know everyone it's, hey Vince, say hey Hubert. You know, it's kind of um, giving each other high fives and, and stuff like that. It's just kind of this steep in this community that you really get a sense of in the in the Baleo, and then kind of this. Otherworldliness to to Paris, especially when you go into the Asterix apartment, is kind of almost a wealth that they could only kind of imagine. So there's, this, I think, the strong the setting is very much tied to um, their experiences in Abanio and how they kind of completely reject everything when they go to to Paris and they're kind of very out of place mm-hmm. um, as well. I think that also plays into the into their costume, um, but yeah, I mean, and so I think that's and then also just the kind of use of uh, of, of music is is really interesting in terms of the style and kind of linking to that American culture and, and I think the scene with the, um, uh, the, de- the, uh, vinyl DJ is mm-hmm. also very interesting because yes. that's kind of the back, that's kind of what they live in, that's their backgrounds.
0: I think for me the style of the film is a little bit like that DJ, you know, playing with the records. You yeah. Know? What is it called? That, that whatever. Sorry? The vinyl, was the vinyl. Player. With the vinyl. Yeah, scratch, the vinyl scratcher. scratching, the scratching. Yeah. yeah um because i think there's a lot of what seems handheld camera yeah yeah throughout yeah definitely. uh it's very quick moving yeah yeah throughout um it, it's quite fast cutting for the period as well mm-hmm. yeah so you know um and then yes and there's a lot of movement in and out um the, yeah the camera seems to be in constant motion actually mm-hmm. um so so I think that's an interesting style to um you know to this particular kind of theme uh and with this particular music um because it's th- yeah there's something about it being constantly in motion mm-hmm. yeah that the violence plays out in particular ways yeah, yeah in, definitely in, in the film mm-hmm. um, now I suppose. Are there any other aspects of the film that kind of you think are, are worth highlighting at this point? Um, I think. I was quite taken with the scene in, I don't know if it's the metro or the train station mm. or some mall. Yeah, where it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning. And they're watching all these television screens. Mm. Yeah, so kind of um, that felt like a set piece to me. Yeah. Yeah, it was visually. Yeah, arresting.
1: definitely. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's um, I I I I don't really know. It's interesting how they use that the moment where um they're all watching the news as as, as they kind of announce that Abdul's died, and then there's kind of a cut, and you get the time, and then suddenly Vince isn't there. Mm-hmm. So there's almost this kind of I don't know, kind of awareness of 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 the media in in that moment. They're kind of almost in you it. Know, I think the fact that they they also they seem to be high as well. I think also plays into this kind of blurring between what they're watching and what's actually happening um, and then obviously the following scene of Vin's actually kind of I don't know if it's Vind that's the other thing as well whether it's Vin's hallucina- hallucination of him uh, shooting the, the two policemen outside but mm. this kind of um, blurring between between those two
0: mm. I think uh, you know another thing that I would like to bring up is that you know the film I think was so impactful because it reframed social arguments right it's, Which are still current, right? So, when you think about questions of ethnicity, it's always like Jews versus Arabs, yeah, right? It's always black versus white, yeah. And what the film shows us is you know, it's a a story about male friendship, in which you know, a a Jew and an Arab and a, a black guy are all best friends, and the problem is the dominant society outside, yeah, right? So, it's about kind of you know, class and ethnicity versus the dominant culture, yeah. as opposed to you know, the the other ways that we're used to framing kind of similar issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I think the sort of the fact that they're kind of on the, on the cusp is kind of uh, always there, especially with like the references to money or they don't seem to have money. The fact they even go into Paris in the first place is so that Said can collect. His five hundred francs, yeah. um, and one thing as well that that you were talking about masculinity as well. That was one of the things that I'd written down on this kind of screen that I hadn't thought about before. It's interesting how why I was why you know there are no female characters at all within mm-hmm. the film, and it's very, very obviously kind of makes the may those three males that that's kind of what what the focus is. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering if kind of. You know, they don't consider women to be a part of that kind of rebellion against that. You know, I mean, they're literally completely absent other than to, yeah. be, to be picked up, you know. Except
0: very significantly mothers who seem to run the home. Mm. Yeah. Um, True. But, you know, these things always make me think of James Baldwin because, you know, he had... Um, I mean, his argument basically was that, uh, you know, American culture judged men on how they were men and what kind of men they were and the dilemma for a black man was that american culture wouldn't let a black man be a man on on on, by its own definition Mm -hmm. yeah so uh and i think that there is something about that in this film Mm. yeah the way that they're treated or taunted in the police interrogation the fact that they have no money yeah yeah like kind of you know uh uh the fact that they you know they have very little to offer because <laughs> that maybe their bodies. Right. Um yeah, so kind of there is a thing about not fulfilling kind of socially acceptable roles of what it is to be a man. So they're always failing, yeah? know? Mm. Um and mm, so definitely. you know, they're compensating in other ways. Yeah. Um Yeah. A- again, I'm not
1: sure, I'm just thinking aloud. But mm. no, yeah. no, definitely I think vin's seems Vin's understanding of masculinity from from the presentation i think is is of very um i mean toxic masculinity is maybe the wrong but just this idea of kind of violence that that's kind of what you need to do you don't you shouldn't be afraid to 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 kill the police this is what and he also references the um uh abdul as as a brother you know mm-hmm. there's almost this kind of camaraderie that you would kind of haven't seen with the army of of that kind of what affects someone who's within your community is like it's like your brother, mm. um, and he, we should do anything for that person. And you have that's contrasted by Said. You know, he, I don't know him. He's not my brother, but then seems very strongly held by that. And Huber is very uh, protective. You know, in that, those moments when uh, Said is being taunted by the police, Said doesn't make any attempt to prevent them doing from what they're doing to Huber. But when mm. it happens to Said, Huber is kind of trying to mm. constantly interact with and prevent that from happening. Mm. Um, so, I think that's also an interesting thing, and besides again, I think is so kind of the negotiator and the mediator, but doesn't really seem to be ever interacting yeah. fully, he you see what his reaction to things, but he doesn't seem to have he a kind of relax. yeah, yeah he always reacts yeah exactly
0: um so yeah. um do you, do you yeah. ha are there any areas that we haven't touched upon that you think are important
1: um, I think. No, I mean the, the only the only other thing that I just think was very interesting was just the use of uh, of style and and the way that the all the characters seem to be very clearly dressed in in kind of um, in these things, you know. I mean you have Reebok, Nike, Adidas, Champion, Everlast, um, Lonsdale, all of these kind of brands that are so insinuated with the street culture, and I just think that even though I don't think the Kasovitz, I mean maybe he did purposefully use you know dress the characters to to, to, ha- to have these with a very clearly representative of those brands mm. but I just think it's really interesting that it's kind of steeped in that culture and and when I did some research to find out that they kind of had anniversary collaborations between Castlevitz and some of these brands um, I think it's really interesting just that it's like that because it's had a lasting impact it seems yeah in the style
0: well you know I mean I don't know how this relates to the culture at large mm. you know but certainly from this period on there was like a, a gay cultural erotic trope, mm. you know, which was like the council estate, you know? so I don't know, kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there are types, and somehow the council estate, you know, love objects <laughs> <laughs> yeah. became a type. And of course, what distinguishes him is his streetwear, yeah. Yeah? And, yeah, and the yeah. Reeboks or what? you know, there would yeah. be different brands in different countries, but actually what's interesting to me is how international it was you know you see it like in german magazines and you see it in french and you see it in english absolutely and it's a whole thing yeah or it was a whole thing i don't know if it still is yeah um you know and this seems to fit into that yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: it's a culture but it also has its appeal and its er- erotic dimension yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and i think the, the the scene on the roof um where all of these people are here there's a real sense to me at least that there's a community where everyone knows each other but everyone seems very distinct in their identity mm-hmm. and that to me is very clear through the styles that they wanted to wear yes. and i think that's kind of um sort of a key element of of that streetwear type of culture that's kind of same but different it's kind of identity is very closely tied to that and i just think it's you know, the cohort hat that Hubert seems to have been something that's a lasting. I mean, mm. the, that hat sells for a lot of money on the internet now. It's mm. kind of become a kind of cultural icon in that sense, you know? So it's very interesting. That,
0: that would be interesting to explore as well. I'm sure you could do a whole video, i just on that. Mm. Um, so uh, let's wrap it up now, and you mm. know, I'll ask you the question that I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. So to someone who hasn't seen the film, uh, how would you follow up on you must see this film because...
1: Um, I would say that that you must see this film, um, because it will give you a really stark uh, and visceral view of what it was like to be uh, sort of a a person you would consider as other living in the banyos and their experiences um, that seem to have been kind of uh, not made the central central focus of other films. Um, I think that's the best way to describe the film.
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Alex, Uh, and thank you all very much for listening.